Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. What's well, quite appropriate that we are here in Lord's France, and we hear our Lord say in the second Sunday after Pentecost, Go out quickly in the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. This is what we see those volunteers with the blue hats constantly doing is um, bringing to God through Our Lady all of the blind, crippled, and the lame. We also hear in the Gospel today that Jesus spoke to the Pharisees this parable. A certain man gave a great supper, and he invited many, and he sent his servant at supper time to tell those invited to come, for everything is now ready. And they all, with one accord, began to excuse themselves. Of course, the church fathers teach that this is the kingdom of God transferred from the Jews in the Old Testament to Christianity in the New Testament. Of course, most of the apostles were Jewish. But what we see for, from the church fathers is um, this, this warning that as the kingdom is transferred, it's, uh, it's actually the chief priests who are rejecting the gospel. It's, it's not just some ethnic mind-changing that, that Yahweh Adonai have. It's that they, has, they have chosen to reject the kingdom. They have chosen to reject this great supper that is set up for them, and therefore the, the kingdom is transferred from the, the high priest to the apostles. And the, uh, you know, it's interesting that a lot of church history follows this. This isn't just a uh, Catholic Jewish thing. We see this actually happen even in Catholic countries all through church history, that those who have been given the true religion reject it, and it's transferred. Of course, it's not, um, there's no New Testament and Old Testament uh, through church history like there was from the transfer of Jews to the uh, Catholic apostles. But we do see certain groups, when they reject the gospel, it seems God fills his kingdom in a very different way. Think about the 16th century in Europe. Um, about 10 million Catholics rejected the gospel and became Protestant in Europe in the 16th century. Isn't it interesting that through the great miracle of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico, that same century brought in, lo and behold, about the same number, 10 million Mexicans into the church, all the surrounding nations, right? 10 million became Catholic because of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Um, something very interesting is happening even in the West now. We see Europe's been uh, rejecting the faith more and more since the French Revolution, of course. Uh, we see modernism infecting the minds of so many Catholics in the West. Well, what's happening in the rest of the world? Uh, well, we've had more Christian martyrs the past hundred years than every century combined, if you can believe it. Most of us traditional Catholics think of the early church as having the most martyrs, but it's actually the last hundred years have had uh, 45 million of the 70 million martyrs in total. So 45 million martyrs the past hundred years of a total of 70 million. So most have happened the past hundred years, mostly at the hands of communism. But we also see these miracles happening in unlikely places. Al Jazeera, which is certainly no Christian outlet, says um, Jesus is appearing to Muslims in dreams, and about a million Muslims a year through Jesus appearing to them in dreams are becoming Christian. Of course, we want them to become baptized Catholics. But Jesus apparently is beginning with that because we've tanked our own missionary efforts, and so Jesus is going out and finding them uh, himself in all of this. Um, so we see, we see that this is happening um, all over the world. We can, we can truly lose the kingdom if we're not vigilant. You know, if you look in the Apocalypse chapter 1, all of the churches, almost all, you can ask Dr. Taylor Marshall later, I think it's all, all, they're all based in modern Turkey. And there's all these warnings. If you don't do this, if you don't return to your first love, you're going to lose it. 
if you've been to Turkey, there's, I've, I've seen one Catholic church in Turkey. That wasn't a false warning. If you don't hold on to the faith, you can lose it. So too many of us Catholics think, if I become lazy and sloppy with the faith, God owes me a living, it's going to stick around. It's not. It's not necessarily going to stick around if we're lazy or become modernists in our brains. Um, but to talk about how this can, how it's really interesting who's rejecting the faith right now. I want to tell you a little story that happened yesterday to me out here in Lourdes. I had to go to the laundromat because I don't bring a lot of clothes. So I went to the laundromat, which is about a 13-minute walk from where we're staying. So I was praying my divine office in the laundromat, and I needed some help because I didn't understand the machines. I don't even think I would have got it in, in English because it's a very complex machine system. <laughs> and uh, so I ended up talking to a family, a uh, man there who I thought was Indian. It turns out he was from Sri Lanka, and I was asking him for help on the machines. And um, so as he was helping me on the machines, I said, what, what was your first language? Because I started, um, um, you know, he speaks French. And I said, well, your son was helping me earlier. And I started in French. No, I said, I started in English um, because I, I assumed that was your first language being from India. He said, oh, well, actually from Sri Lanka. And uh, we came here to Lourdes. Um, and I said, did you come for religious reasons or economic reasons? And he came for religious reasons. He, he's a Catholic family. There's, uh, Southwest India has a lot, of Ind- uh, a lot of Indian Catholics. Sri Lanka has Catholics. So he brought his family for religious reasons to Lourdes. So I was very impressed at that. Um, and then I said, well, what was your first language? And he said, Tamil. And then he added, which was the first language of the world? I said, oh, wow, that's, that's really interesting. And I thought about it for a minute. And I said, uh, you really think that's what Adam and Eve spoke was Tamil? And, and he goes, well, if, if they really existed. Um, and, uh, and it's interesting because, like, I was a little amped up on too much coffee. I probably should have gone a little, <laughs> little slower than this. But I said, uh, I mean, the word of God says Adam and Eve existed. If the word of God is a liar, then God's a liar. That was kind of my opening line. And, um, and so he said, well, I, I teach my kids the faith, but I've studied theology. And I said, well, I mean, all the church fathers, all the saints, all the popes up to the 1950, I'll say they are literal human beings. Um, I mean, this is, this is the faith of, of all the church fathers. And, and so it was really interesting. Then he said, yeah, but we don't have to take it literally. I gave him some quotes or explained again the, the church fathers and the popes and everything. And I, again, I said, you know, but if the word of God is a liar, then God is a liar. He said, God's not a liar. And then he leaned in. This is really, really interesting. Then he leans into me and he got quiet and he goes, I was just saying that because of who you are. Now, he's never seen my podcast or blogs or anything. What he meant by that is, you're a white priest. And all I've heard from white priests is liberal Catholicism that Adam and Eve didn't exist. That's Now, okay, I had some venial sin in the fact I got a little amped up, angry, quick. With him, he had some venials in that he wasn't honest with me, that that wasn't his true beliefs. Okay, so barring the fact we both had our own little sins in this, I guess no sins are little, but they were probably venial. But barring that fact, it's interesting he admitted to me um, that he only said that because he assumed I didn't believe Adam and Eve were, were real, but you could tell he believed it. And then, despite me getting a little jumpy at the beginning, he leaned into me and shook my hand with two hands, took two of my hands in his hands. He said, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And, um, and I said, you're very welcome. And I said, remember St. Francis Xavier who evangelized your place. He believed Adam and Eve were real. And he, he nodded and smiled and left the, left the longest place. Um, so we, tra- we traditionals have the true faith, uh, unlike the modernists. And we have, to, we have to hold that. Isn't that sad that we once evangelized India and now we're deforming India 
through all this modernist garbage. We really have to hold the faith here. Um, But there's a lesson in today's epistle for us who do try to hold the faith as traditionalists, and it's this. Beloved, do not be surprised if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. One more real quick story for you that uh, happened yesterday. Um, I don't know if you met uh, Brother John the Baptist, who I was talking to, but he exactly fulfilled yesterday. Well, let me tell you what happened yesterday, and I'll tell you what Linus fulfills. Him and I were talking in the streets, and he saw a man walking by, um, I think relatively impaired, this man walking by. But he had no shoes, and so Brother John the Baptist chased after him to offer him his own shoes. He didn't have any second pair of shoes as a backup. He ran after him. And as I was looking at the readings just now, I realized he's exactly fulfilling this, that he who has the goods of the world and sees his brother in need and closes his heart to him, how does the love of God abide in him? Obviously for Brother John the Baptist, the love of God abides in him, that he would see that. And he was very willing to go barefoot. I mean, I would have bought him a pair of shoes um, with my credit card, but that's very convicting. I have a credit card, and he would be a hermit with no shoes. He's obviously living it better than me. Um, but in any case, oh, I did, I did want to invite you to. He's going to give me... He's a Byzantine Catholic priest, and he's going to give me a tour of the Byzantine Catholic Church here in town. I think it's Ukrainian. Very beautiful icons. If you'd like to come with us, come right outside the confessional area at 1130. Everyone is welcome to come if you're interested in doing that. But we'll close up with this. Again, this line. Beloved, do not be surprised if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. And so we traditionalists, I don't buy it when people say trads are mean and arrogant and all that stuff. I don't, I don't buy that. But I do notice that with the crisis in the church, everyone thinks they've figured out the secret <laughs> Rosetta Stone on the, on the papacy, including myself. But the more I look at this, the more I really see, you know, I could prove, if, if I listen to the FSSP debate SSPX, I could prove the FSSP position over the SSPX. I could prove the SSPX position over the FSSP. If I were listening to an SSPX and a set of a contest debate, I could prove the set of a contest position is better than the SSPX position. Or if I really wanted to, I could prove the SSPX position is better than the set of a contest position. The fact is, there is a hole in everybody's argument. And I was talking to Marshalls on a bus, and I said, maybe this is just a test of trads on charity more than truth, since we're in this very mysterious time in church history. I don't mean there's not an answer. God himself sees the situation in the papacy. But I think we all agree... Things aren't going to get better until we have a traditional pope. I think everyone from mild conservative diocesan Novus Ordo all the way to set of a contest would agree with that, that things are only going to get better. Either Jesus returns sooner or we have a traditional pope. Um, but all that stuff in between, even my view, that a few of you know, it, it even has holes in it. And so if there's holes in all of our arguments, we better stop this circular firing squad among traditionalists and start to love each other because – as Joy said to me on the bus, this is how they will know you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Is your love who for the world? No, your love for each other. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's your love for each other that you will be recognized by the world. Not how many times you go to a soup kitchen year, a year, but your love for each other. Um, the Byzantine Catholic Divine Liturgy begins with this singing, among many other things. They sing, we have found the true faith. We have found the true faith. Well, We traditional Catholics can also sing that. We have found the true faith, but we must live charity and humility, or we are in danger of losing the faith and charity and humility. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.